listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Here, these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition. Now, if you don't want to be different than your competition, probably should just go ahead and shut this off. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Like when we audit the mod and get and do the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Reasonable and what wasn't. And and I think that you know, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, you know, when they're uncovered. So I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producers Shop Talk, Episode 7. Working the phones, working the phones. That's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk to you about the one thing that most salespeople hate with a passion. Mm -hmm. Working the phones, baby. I don't know that many people love it. Like, is there anybody that loves it? I guess I'm sure there are. I can tell you who loves it. Tom from Microsoft Support. He calls me all the time. (laughs) Tom from Microsoft support that and the Google people and any random jackwad that is wanting to try and get me to extend my car's warranty. <laughs> and by too. the way, did you know that open enrollment is ending soon? That's the other favorite 12 months out of the year. Open right. enrollment is ending soon. It's awesome. It's crazy, man. And I mean, but you think about that stuff, we hate the phones and people hate answering them because of that right there. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think that the robo dialing and all of that has made it worse. I don't like the the thing that makes me the maddest is when I get a call from a random local number. And then when I answer it, it's ringing to somebody to pick up the phone. Like, I don't know that I've had that happen. Where oh, yeah, it rings, I, where it rings after I pick it yeah, up. I pick it up and it's ringing. Like I have to sit here and wait now. I don't have to, but obviously I'm of the nature where – I like to screw with the people on the other end of the phone, like the Microsoft guy. I love messing with those guys that call telling you they're from Microsoft support and they're, they're going to help you with your windows um, breach or whatever it is. And and I ask him, I was like, so let me ask you just out of curiosity, before we get started with this, I'm sure it's going to be an in-depth process. Am I going to need to get my driver's license, birth certificate and social security card to give you personally identifiable information (laughs) while we're going through? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Come on, man. Really? Ridiculous. Yep. It's crazy. So let's talk about the phones for a little bit, man, since we all hate them so much. You know, Dude. what? Uh, what's your angle? What do you what do? You do? I mean, I've yeah. got my own little things that I'm working on and, and working on tweaking, but I'm interested right. in hearing kind of what, what you've done to modify over this COVID thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's been too much modification just because I always try to take a pretty general approach. I I want to keep things simple with them. You've only got a few seconds to grab their attention uh, on the phone. It's, it's much shorter than you do in person because they can just bang on you and, yeah. and people love doing that. So 
I, I always start off with, I, I, you know, introduce myself with my, Hey, this is Kyle with, with Florida risk partners. How are you? Most of the time, you know, they're, they're relatively cordial, but the very next thing that I'm saying after that is I know you're not expecting my call. So I promise to be brief. I think that's really important because nobody wants to just, again, you know, we, <laughs> we've been talking for three minutes already and we've already expressed our disdain for getting on the phones and people, people don't want to hear you, you know, pitching them on the phones. It's like, it's annoying. Right. So I, I make sure that I disclose that, Hey, look, I'm not here to take up a bunch of your time. This is going to be brief. I know you're not expecting my call. Yeah. You know what? I think that's okay to do it that way. A lot of times when you hear people talk about getting on the phones or, or coaching people to get on the phones, you know, they, they say, Hey, look, I just have a question. It's only going to take 37 seconds of your time. Or they yeah. put something like that in there. No, I think that's kind of cheesy, man. I think if I want to have them, a, like, I don't want to put a time, you know, constraint on it. I just want them to know that, look, I'm, I understand that you're not expecting my call here. So I'm not going to take up a bunch of your time, but I obviously have something important to talk to you about. I think it would be awesome if you started the call with the Chris Farley from Tommy. Oh my God. <laughs> to see how they react to that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I feel like, uh, that could go, that could go South pretty quickly. Probably. Right. New guy but, puking in the corner. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, obviously we talk quite a bit about how we focus on comp. Um, so a majority of the calls that I'm making, but, but but I think it's important for everybody listening this to this to know you don't have to focus on comp. No phones. I mean, and I'm going to talk know, about that part too. Yeah, but the whole I, thing is is meeting needs, right? So right. whatever the need is. But go ahead. The, I mean, oh, just yeah. be, just because there's there's so much information readily available to us that I can uh, research before I make that call. I'm not I'm not making any of these calls blind. By the way, I'm not just dialing you know down a list of of businesses that I've pulled off of wherever, like I've still done my research on them. I know what their mod is. If they've got a bad mod, that's an easy thing for me to talk about with them. If I see that they're with a, a carrier that doesn't offer a dividend, that's, you know, that that's the angle I'm going to take. If I see that um, they're with a carrier that maybe doesn't offer pay as you go, I'm going to go that route. So the research part is still, is still important, which I know that we've, we've almost, you know, beat that horse. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as as far as the comp goes, I'll, I'll I'll just say something like, you know, hey hey, I um I know you're not expecting my call. I promise to be brief. Uh, did you know that your experience mod is going up another twenty points upon renewal here in the next couple months? Most of the time, they're going to say no. They didn't know that. Um, and 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 once we get them kind of having that doubt, then it's much easier for me to do my thing and, and get them to want to meet with me. Right. So especially if they don't know what their mod is, is going up to, I, I'm driving that wedge all day. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, your mod is going up another 20%. You know, that's, that's now you're paying 40% higher than the average business in your industry. I think it would make sense for us to have a conversation about how to fix that. I'm going to be over in the whatever blank area on Tuesday, would 10 o'clock or two o'clock be better for your schedule? Yeah. So for me, you know, I want to make sure they also know early in the conversation that it's not an accident that I'm calling. Like I didn't mm -hmm. accidentally dial their number, obviously, but I don't want them thinking that they're just part of some random list of people who are calling to quote insurance. And so, you know that, and that happens a lot too, where the, the person that you're on the phone with is just like, Oh no, you know, we, 
we've got <laughs> my fa- my favorite is uh, when people say that they already have insurance. Like no shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have insurance. That's why I'm calling you. This is you know I didn't just randomly dial your number. I've, I've done some research and there's a reason for me reaching out today. Yeah, I mean, I like to tell them this is David from Florida Risk Partners. It's not an accident that I'm calling. I have some important information for you, and I promise to be brief mm-hmm. because I know you're not expecting my call. The very next thing that in, in my mind, and again, reading Never Split the Difference has completely changed my approach to a lot of this stuff because of what I learned reading that book. But I mean, the whole premise of getting people to know is so completely the opposite direction of what people on the phones try and do. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody on the phones is trying to get to yes, right? They want to mm-hmm. get the appointment booked at all costs. Sure. So bully people, they're forceful, you know, whatever they can do just to get the appointment booked. And I can tell you, man, when I've had people who are appointment setters book appointments for me before, those appointments suck. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go back. Because the person person has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The person who you're meeting with really has no idea. They just, I mean, they have some idea of why you're there, but I think it's really important to to do. I mean, I would, would prefer, I hate the phones, but I think the quality of my appointments are better. So, well, the the, other thing about that too, though, is like when you have somebody else setting the appointments, typically they're getting paid off of the amount of appointments that they're setting for you. So they don't care what the quality is. They're just trying to get it done. And, you know, like you said, at all costs, they're looking for a yes. So they, who the hell knows what they talked about with that person on the phone. A lot of times they don't even know after the fact you ask them what, okay, so what did you guys talk about? What's their situation? They're like, well, they just, you know, said that they're looking to save some money and they're willing to meet with you. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's not something that's going to be a good meeting for me. Yeah. You know, I think the best one I, well, and I, I go on record with this all the time. The best appointment person I ever had was actually like a telemarketer slash business development person right. on ster- steroids. And, and she was at, at the first agency where I worked. And, and I mean, it was unbelievable. She had an act database that was like 25 years old where she kept copious notes for every conversation. She knew the gatekeepers. I mean, there was no gatekeeper when she called anymore. These people were her friends because they knew they were going to hear from her every couple of months mm-hmm. trying to get in. She called kids by name. She knew what sports they played. She knew if a pet was sick. It was crazy. But what I liked about how that whole thing was set up was it completely removed the garbage appointments, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because the agency, this lady actually had a 220 license. Mm -hmm. She had an insurance license. So she didn't want to sell insurance. She went and passed the exam specifically so she could share commissions. So mm. the incentive for her was get the she had a base salary but for every appointment that she booked that was ultimately closed she got 10% of the revenue on that account in year number 1 and the agency paid 5% and the producer paid 5%. So instead of me getting 40% commission, I got 35% in the first year. And so, you know, the thing, the thing is, what blew my mind is the other producers that I worked with did not want her booking appointments for them 
because sh- they didn't want to give up 5%. Well, dude, I mean, 5%, that's stupid. Right, man. 5%. I mean, think about all the, how many more appointments are you going on than, than they're going on? And how many more deals are you closing? Because it, it's just, you know, the sheer volume. It's like, well, yeah. And I mean, for the people who've read the extra two minutes, I talk about this um, to a certain degree. When I first got into insurance, the need that needed to be met was property insurance because we had just had several hurricanes come through and, you know, nobody was writing on standard paper. So we had to, you know, find a solution that was not excess and surplus lines Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody else was doing. And that's when I found out that Chubb was writing on standard paper as long as you stayed in their appetite. Right. So I found out that they wanted Department of Defense contractors, technology, life sciences, light manufacturing and distribution. And I built my whole prospect pipeline off of that. And it is, and then I would validate that it would be a good candidate for them because I'd go to the property appraisers website to make sure that they had uh, construction that was 1996 or newer masonry non-combustible. If I could do those two things, the class of business and make sure the property was right, I was shooting fish in a barrel. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is that she, you know, so what I would do is I put that list together. I worked some of it. I worked some of it with my network, some of it with my existing clients, but I didn't have a lot. So I relied heavily on her to call and set appointments off that list. Well, at the end of the, at the end of the first 12 to 18 months, somewhere in there, however long it took us to do it after, after I'd done the research and built, built the pipeline, we had only made it to the letter E in the in the spreadsheet, the letter E, and had written four hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars worth of revenue. Right. I mean, we were yeah, we strong. were closing. We had several accounts that were north of fifty thousand in revenue that she booked the appointments for, and I think that's huge, man. I mean, at the end of the year at the awards yeah. banquet, I got the award for being the top producer. And everybody wanted to know what I did that was different than them. And I said, I'm not greedy. I understand that 35% of something is better than 100% of nothing. But I think there's another art to that. Right. And I don't, I don't want to lose track of the, of the scripting and things. But I think the other thing that's important that a lot of people miss when they're working the phones is the follow-up piece. What I loved about having and I I really share you know the whole story about this because if there's people who are looking to have somebody else call for you this is a good structure to use it guarantees the appointments are going to be good because on that $457,000 that appointment center got 445,700 bucks just off of one producer and right. was guaranteed to make sure the appointments were good appointments. I had no dog mm-hmm. in, in any of that. And so mm-hmm. it's actually kind of funny, you know, to a fault sometimes she was so used to calling everybody that she thought she knew what was going on in the accounts. And, and I did the one time she got burnt on one. I told her, I said, there's a company in town. It, it was a large furniture retailer. 
And I said, there's a company in town, word on the street from somebody that I know on the insides telling me they're going to be shopping this year and they're looking for help in risk management because their workers' comp is out of control. Please call them and book an appointment. She said, they're never going to shop. They never shop. They never book the appointment. I said, listen, please, I have good inside information. My sources are always relatively accurate. They're going to be looking this year. Please call them. And, and she didn't call them. And so I picked up the phone and called them and booked the appointment. We closed it for 165000 in revenue. And she lost out on that. So that was the last time she lost out on, on a deal like that. But, you know, what I liked more than anything else about the whole thing was that she, um, she prepared the person on the other end for the appointment. She prepared the, the the prospect to know who was walking in. So the thing I really liked was the way you know that she prepared everything. And as the producer, when she booked an appointment, she would put together all of the stuff that she had in her database so that I knew everything I could possibly know about the company. Like it was mm-hmm. awesome. And even better she always followed up with the the person she booked the appointment with you know immediately sent them a copy of my bio mentioned a couple of other accounts that were similar in size and shape that they would know that I represented like it was just top notch right and then always mm-hmm. would send the reminder that we were meeting to confirm the appointment like i didn't have to lift a finger dude in my world that's worth 5% like for sure. If, if, if there's like almost a hundred percent chance I'm getting a good quality appointment that I have a high likelihood of closing, I will give you 5% all day. Right. And I would yeah. encourage you to book as many of those as you possibly can. But I think For that's sure. where a lot of people miss the boat is they don't prepare the prospect for the appointment correctly. Also something I talk about, in the extra two minutes. I mean, it's, it's extremely important that you prepare that prospect for the meeting. Like one of my big things is when I book an appointment with somebody myself, I send them the calendar invite, but I also send them a copy of the proposed agenda for the meeting so that they know where my head is coming in. And I ask them for feedback on the agenda. Is there anything you want to add to it? Is there anything that you think we should take off? I, you know, I want to make sure we're getting the most out of our time and that I don't waste any of your time. Nobody does that. Nobody sends the prospect an agenda. I mean, I'm sure some people do, but by and large, the overwhelming majority don't. And then you show up and there's no structure to the meeting, right? You're going to try and control it and get them through when guess what? If you give them bullet points of what you want to talk about, they can have stuff ready to talk about. This yeah, exactly. That. It probably makes them more comfortable too. Yeah. So, I mean, again, huge step that I think a lot of people miss, but I want to go back to what I was talking about with regard. Yeah. Get back to the no, to the, to the never split the difference thing, because I think that's, that's a huge deal. And it's something that not a lot of people are doing and, and it's because it's foreign to them. They don't understand it. It goes against everything else, but the psychology behind getting to know is that when people say the word no, subconsciously, they feel in control. So Mm -hmm. 
getting to know is not necessarily bad. Like it's not, hey, no, I'm not going to meet with you or no, I'm not interested in talking to you any further or anything like that. It's looking at a question that we, you would normally ask in an attempt to get to yes, but asking it in a way to where you know the answer is going to be no. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, you're doing a couple things. Number one, you're putting them in a position where they subconsciously feel like they're in control. Number two, if you do it right, your very next question should be a yes, and they can't answer any other way because you basically have backed them into a corner. So if I call somebody and say, hey, this is David from Florida Risk Partners, it's not an accident that I'm calling you. This really isn't a telemarketing call. I've got some information for you. I promise that I will be brief. But I do have one quick question. Does your Are you happy that your company is currently paying X percentage more for their workers' comp insurance than their peer group right now? Who's right. going to say yes? They're happy about that. Either they, somebody who's not listening, or yeah. somebody who is not going to be a good person for us to meet with. Correct. So you're also helping yourself in the process by disqualifying, you know, random idiots from the process. But you mm-hmm. know, of course, they're going to say no. I'm not happy. Then the next question becomes, well, I understand, and I certainly agree with you. So based on that, would you not agree that it makes sense that if my company has a way to help you reduce your total cost of risk? it would be worth 30 minutes of your time to sit down and explore those options. Right. Again, Again you know, you're, I, I you're not that, happy that you're paying 66% more, but you don't think it's worth 30 minutes of your time to invest exactly. into that. And I mean, just using those two questions, if you really want to get freaky with it, you could, you could take it a, a second level. You could ask the first question of, um, you know, are you happy that your company has, is paying 66% or X percent or what I always use 66 for whatever reason, but are you happy that your company's paying 66% more for their, at least 66% more for their workers' compensation than your peer group? Number one is a no. And then you could also come back in and say, have you had someone perform an experience modification analysis for your firm in the past? That's also, that's a huge, that's a huge win for me. If I can get two no's, boom, boom. That's like the old Bob Klinger double tap on that one, you know, <laughs> But it's no, no, and so they've, they've, they're not happy. Nobody's ever come in and done that. How are they going to say no that it doesn't make sense to explore that as an option to reduce their costs? And if they right. do, if they do say, yeah, I don't really think so, my next question is um, that I would say, have you given up on trying to make a difference in your expense load in your company? <laughs> I mean, again, another, yeah, because that's what it sounds like to me. You know that you're paying too much. Nobody's come in and done an audit, but you don't feel it would be worth worth your time. So my only assumption is you just don't care about expenses anymore. And I'll ask that question. And all of a sudden, you know, they're probably not going to they're gonna say, no, I haven't given up. And you're probably going to get under their skin enough that at that point they realize, OK, this dude's serious. Right. You know, what about in a, what about in a scenario where we either don't have their mod for whatever reason, or it's a good mod where we're not going to lead with that, where maybe we need to talk about a dividend or a particular carrier or something like that. What are some leading questions that we could get them to say no with um, in that regard? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, I think one way I would do it would be, I would ask a question along the lines of, are you aware of all the different options for, mm-hmm. for paying for your workers that's, comp as opposed that's to- where I was going to go. You know, are you aware that there's options where you can do a, a monthly self audit versus having to, 
you know, get get banged with a huge bill at the end of at the at the end of the policy period. Yeah. Or are you aware that there are different options for the dividend the carrier that you're with currently offers this? Are you aware that there's some flat plus sliding scale dividends that are out there that, you know, we've had a lot of whatever. And then, you know, kind of yeah, that another one, and you and I have both seen this a lot because we've got some of these down here. But uh, if it if it's carrier specific, a good one would be: Are you aware that you're in a fully accessible self insurance mm. fund, not an actual mm-hmm. insurance carrier? And yeah, they never no chance, that. not even close. And, and what's crazy to me is they're in that, but in order to get into those self those accessible funds, you have to sign like three documents stating you understand what you're getting into. And, and none of them even that. know what it is. And the problem is several of them have blown up. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. So you don't it's it's one of those things where you don't understand the amount of exposure that you really have until it's too late. And that's a really easy way to to get in there. Um, you know, I've got several others, but what I would tell people is if you would like to get a list of questions that I use on a regular basis, you can go to extra two minutes.com and scroll down to questions to get to know, click that. And you can get that document that I, a word document that's got a list of those questions. And these are ones that have proven to work. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I would, I would tell you, but anything else you want to add to the phones? I mean, to me, those in my world, the two biggest things are the new one is getting to know quick so you can then get to yes and then following up appropriately after you've been on the phones to to get the appointment booked and prepare that prospect for what to expect anything yeah, else I don't, you want to add i mean not um anything technically speaking i i would say that this applies obviously not just to workers comp like we, we're talking about that because those are areas where we have a lot of information at our fingertips before we call them but you can apply these same things to auto which is the other the other way that i go when i'm on the phones with people i'm typically calling them about comp or auto because specifically in florida as we know the rates have been horrendous and people are seeing huge increases right so i mean you can apply these same principles to different lines of coverage it doesn't have to be workers comp specific especially you're if you're in a state where you know uh, it's a competitive market and it you know may not be like it is here in florida so i just want everybody to kind of understand that and think about those questions in, in maybe a different light or in different terms of coverage yeah, no, I agree. I think that's good information for today, man. We've given them some pretty pretty good gold nuggets on, on this. Good. Episode. Tired of talking to you. Yeah, I figured you probably were. And <laughs> your internet sucks anyhow. So. It does. All right, everybody. Catch you on next time on Shop Talk. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes